This is Daily Path Podcast. I'm your host, podcast coach, and transformational speaker, Joe Winters Jr. Now I've been in this business a long time. God gave me the gift of a strong mind. And when I step foot on a path, the good and the bad, they just come by. Never done trying. I do it, I do it. Till each time I do it, it's done right. Ooh. And God left his signature on me. So how could I ever be unsigned? See, everyone has got a gift. Not anonymous, but God given. What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Winter Jr., the founder of Daily Path Academy and your host of Daily Path Podcast. Welcome back to the show. And thank you for joining us this morning. Quick reminder, if you are a speaker, coach, consultant, or a service-based business owner who would like to build a top-rated podcast that's changing lives around the world, Rod generating recurring revenue for your business. I'd love to be the person to show you how you can do that. You can visit my website, www.joewintersjr.com to book a free discovery call with me today. Again, that's my name, www.joewintersjr.com. Visit my website and book a free discovery call with me today. Now, today's podcast episode, today's topic, we're talking about how to turn obstacles into opportunities. And I am joined by founder of Brash Leaders and host of Brash Leaders Podcast, Jeff Murray. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm outstanding, Joe. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And I must tell you, man, you have a uh, you have a podcast voice. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, right? I just I was one of the first things when I listened to your podcast. I was like, he's got an amazing voice. So that's like it's one of those things that uh and I've had a few people tell me that, and I'm like, I didn't even know what that meant. So I was like, okay, I'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, you you definitely have it, man. Um, thank you for joining me on daily path podcast you know i i want to you know first just kind of take a moment to say congratulations on your podcast i'm very aware that you just recently started it and i've checked out the show and it's definitely a great podcast talking about leadership um you know if you want to add another leadership podcast to your podcast lineup go and subscribe to the brash leaders podcast it's definitely great so i want to say congratulations and thank you for joining me um, today, we're going to have a great conversation about turning obstacles into opportunities and leadership. Uh, please start by telling us um, what you do at, at Brash Leaders. So with Brash Leaders, our whole dynamic of what we're trying to accomplish is it really starts out with the CEOs and the executives and working with them on their mindset and the process of what it is that they want to achieve, not just in their personal life, but professional life, Right. Um, really moving that needle forward to where they can start creating not just a dynamic uh, just life for themselves, but also a dynamic life for the people and the culture of the company to really start exponentially moving things forward. Because one of the other big elements that I realize is that, you know, most times CEOs, founders at some point want to move forward and would love to have that business and that legacy continue forward. So the only way you can really do that is with a great solid culture. And that's something mm. that we want to try to achieve. Mm, definitely. I love that. When you, first got into leadership coaching what made you decide that you wanted to work directly with the founders and the ceos you know it was it was tough because you know they always tell you to niche down initially and for me it was the thought was i'm like well i want to help everybody um mm. but you know, typically speaking, it's it starts from the top and you got to work your way down. And if it's if there's a weak link, even from the executives down to the mid-level managers, that's where you need to address first in order to create that dynamic uh, strength down low. And um, that's why I kind of wanted to start with that. Now, I do obviously help uh, people like within like the lower management and the mid-management level, right. but it starts with the CEOs and execs and then kind of work my way down. Right. I love that. In your experience, 
prior to starting your coaching business, um, were you a part of a team or a culture where you noticed the only way things were going to change was if the CEO changed or if the, the big dog changed, so to speak? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've worked uh, in corporations and I was actually a part of a corporation not too long ago, a large uh, publicly traded operation. And usually that's where when there's a lot of times, it's not always the case, but when you have um, investors and you have board of directors and they have to appease the things, things start to get a little hairy, I guess, at times, for lack of a better word. And it doesn't, uh, the trickle down effect, you start to feel that pressure and that micromanagement. And that's typically where that's where I want to come into play and say, hey, like the there's no purpose in micromanaging. You got to be able to trust mm. your people and uh, and hire the right people and not hire too quickly. Mm. You know, go through that process smoothly and, and and efficiently and effectively and intentionally to make sure that you're getting the right people and training them and telling them everything you know to try to make sure that they cover their basis as well. Mm. Love that conversation right there. I love the conversation you create with them with your mission to help come. Kind of companies create a culture that develops an unstoppable life what's your process for helping your clients achieve that objective like from the moment that you first meet all the way to that desired result where they're living that unstoppable life yeah so it's really it just comes down to you know because everybody's life and everybody's situation is different. And it's really about having a very strategic approach to asking specific questions to kind of find out their pain points. Mm. And once you start figuring out their pain points and you start figuring out what are the areas that are kind of creating that traffic jam to getting through to that next level, like mm. what's stopping the progress? Where's the rubbernecking happening? And why is it that that is happening? What's the, a lot of times it's a mindset related thing and it's just, mm. it's a belief system that we've created within our own dynamic. And then at that point, once we can try to unfold that aspect through the, you know, particular questions that I ask, and usually I don't like to, because a lot of times I'll know the answer, but I don't want to tell them the answer because mm. as, as I'm sure, you know, when we go through that process and we start unfolding the layers of like of the onion, basically within our brain, eventually the answer, we find it and it comes through. So it's really through that strategic of, you know, questioning. And once they realize that answer, it's like kind of that aha moment. It's like that epiphany. Because mm. um, I always tell people when you've got 200 cents in your brain, the last thing you need is somebody else's two cents. And right. when you have like, <laughs> so my thing is I'm trying to ask enough questions to so they can dump two cents out at a time. And then eventually maybe it's sent like 98. They're like, oh, wow, there's the answer. Mm. So I try to, I don't want to give them my two cents. I just want to unleash some of the stuff they've got in their head to where they can find that answer for them. And then that's where that unstoppable breakthrough element starts to happen. That's where we can start implementing the key mm. processes to really make sure that uh, that life becomes infinitely impacted. Mm. Okay. So for a listener right now that needs and needs a breakthrough, right? Like what are some of your favorite questions to ask someone or, you know, even yourself that you've noticed to be a game changer in terms of leading to aha moments or breakthroughs, so to speak? Like, do you have one or two favorite questions that you, you believe do that? Uh, I would say probably one of the big ones, first and foremost, is uh, there's the element of tell me more. I mean, the tell me more is always interesting just because that opens up 
the dynamic because when you first start doing it, people feel like they're you're like, you're just being redundant. Like what's going on? Why do you keep asking me? Tell me more, but that's good. <laughs> and then uh, there's that, that element of, uh, you know, the seven levels of why I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you've heard that aspect, but it's where somebody tell you, ask them a question like, so what is your, you know, why is it that you want to make more money? And then they say, well, because I want to be a millionaire. Well, why do you want to be a millionaire? Mm. Well, because I want to make more money because you know, I want to have this big house and I want to have these five cars. Mm. Well, why do you want to have the big house and the five cars? Well, mm. because I didn't grow up with a whole lot, you know, because I, I saw like, you know, I saw my mom, and my dad struggling just to make ends meet. And they're like, then why is that important to you to want to have those things? So you start asking and eventually sometimes you can figure it out before seven, but usually you get mm. down to that seventh why and then that true root cause mm. starts to unfold. And they're like, wow, I never thought about that it was always like i just want to make more money because i want to be rich mm-hmm. and it's then they you dive really really deep into it mm-hmm. and they uncover that deeper level of why to mm-hmm. really kind of impact what it is their mission really is in life and then truly becomes a mission at that point the purpose it's not just about the money because as we know money is great but it's unfulfilling if if we're not feeling fulfilled about what the reason is why we're actually doing it right mm-hmm. I like that. And that actually sounds like that, that could be a really great um, self-practice to do, perhaps, you know, writing something down that you want on a sheet of paper and then asking yourself why, and then writing down that answer and then asking yourself why again and writing down that answer and see if you can lead yourself to a breakthrough. I really like that. Um, You know, one thing I know new coaches and consultants struggle with is being able to measure results so they can articulate the value they bring. How do you measure the progress of your clients as a leadership coach? Like how, like in, in the area of leadership and in the capacities you've worked with the clients that you have, how do you go about measuring those results? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, you know, cause sometimes it's one of those things, cause when you're just helping somebody out from like a mindset perspective, or you're helping them out with how they go about leading their organization sometimes it is hard to put a huge like roi on that aspect or really to kind of see and have the the big measurables one of the things that i i like to do with them is find out first and foremost kind of what is their you know what's where are they at from like maybe it's a sales process what is the are they losing revenue somewhere are they losing profit on on a certain aspect and kind of diving into that because there are sometimes a mindset shifts that we have to have around certain processes that are maybe backlogging things and causing things to slow down or causing us to not be have not have the amount of profit that we'd like to have over over and above what it is the actual cost of the factor is the other thing i like to really focus on because it's a main i really focus on culture a lot is the kind of attrition and retention that we have within an organization factoring in the costs of that kind of aspect because that to me is where true leadership starts to happen one of the biggest things i've always thrived on in any leadership role i had was my ability to retain people and some people are like well you have to have attrition which is true to some extent but i've always thrived in saying okay what are the strengths of this individual and how can i use their strengths to make them be able to perform at a high level within the role that they're already in because they already they have the abilities we just have to tap into that so that's one Mm -hmm. of the things i really try to hone in on is what does it cost to hire the person what does it cost to fire a person and what is that return up and what has been your attrition rate 
up to this point? And what can we do to try to course correct that over the next six months to a year mm. to see that return on investment as well? Mm. I like that for, for, for a, a new leadership coach that would like to know, is there somewhere they can go to get access to resources that could kind of teach them more about that type of process where they could, you know, understand retention from a um, more practical perspective? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, um, you know, there's definitely some websites out there that, uh, that you can access. I honestly, a lot of mine came through just reading different books, um, mm. understanding just because my, I, my degree was not even in business. Like it was, it was more from a creative uh, standpoint and scientific standpoint. But when I got into business, I was working with a major organization and I, it was really not, it was just kind of like, you know what, turn and burn people. If, you know, if they're just not working out, you get rid of them. Mm. And I didn't, it just wasn't sitting well with me. So I started really reading books and there's so many great books on leadership, on culture. Mm. You know, obviously you can- What are some of your top books that you would recommend? Uh, you know, one of my favorite, and it's that I refer to every single time, and one of the books that truly kind of changed and transformed my way of thinking around leadership was Extreme Ownership uh, by Jocko Willenick. And that just really kind of impacted me from a just a whole nother level about taking full on ownership of anything that happens in and around us, like instead of pointing the finger you know, at some point we get to the point where we point the finger so much that we look in a mirror one day and we point the finger and it's pointing right back at us. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, I have to start taking extreme ownership in my life. So that was huge. Uh, start with why was another big one, that whole mm -hmm. Simon Sinek element of things just right. really transformed me completely from that dynamic. And then um, I would say probably one other one that would be really impactful just from understanding self-leadership, because that's really, I feel like, our self-leadership is a transformation of kind of how right, we start right. to lead others and um, can't hurt me by uh, David Goggins is probably one of those books where just, if you just really want to like rock yourself and be like, man, I gotta, I gotta level up. You know, <laughs> that, that one, that's like one of those, like, that's true self-leadership. Like it's like, boom, like hit it hard, you know? Mm, that was a really great book. So I'm gonna be sure to include them in the show notes as well. How important would you say it is for leaders to be willing to go against the grain and take a bold stance for what is right? So, so how, what was the question again? I'm sorry. I kind of, how, how, impo how important would you say it is for leaders to be willing to go against the grain and take a bold stand for what is right? Even uh, when what know, is wrong is, you know, the popular thing. It's uh, you know, I, I'll say this, like just one of my, was my third episode on the podcast is, was about Dr. Martin Luther King. It happened to be released on Martin Luther King day. And when you think about somebody who changed the dynamic of, of our world, uh, he was right. probably one of the most impactful guys because what did he do? He stood up for what was right for humanity against mm. like when nobody else really, it was almost like he was appointed. Like it was just like, he came down from God or like the universe and but he stood up and he did it. And, he, and I, it's so important, even if you work for a corporate America, because I got, I got released from a job once where because I stood up for what I believed in and mm. because I stood up for the fact that I was, mm. I was never going to allow my team to take on the heat. And I said I was going to take the heat for something, even if it wasn't even my fault. I took on the full ownership of that and the extreme ownership. And I realized, but at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? That's fine because I know I did what was right. 
Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like my team was, has was always had my back from that. They tried to save me from losing my job, but I said, Hey, you know what? It's okay. Like it was meant to happen this way. And that's, it's so important. And the thing is, it's sad because we do, we get so caught up, especially in corporate America, where we get caught up in this dynamic of it, you know, you got to save yourself, you got to save yourself. And I'm like, I get it. You got to put the oxygen mask on before, if the plane's going down to help other people. But when you're a leader and a servant leader, your responsibility is your team and your people, and you have to stand up and do what's right. Um, Even in the face of things that are, even if you know, like at the end of the day, you could end up facing major ramifications with a company, you just have to do it. Or in the organization, like in Dr. Martin Luther King's aspect, like he would get put in jail, you know, just for standing up for civil rights. And, but he kept doing it. He kept doing it in such a passive way but just persistence. And it was just so empowering. And I mean, that's why to this day, his legacy lives on. And that's where I think legacies transform is when you do those things that most people are not willing to do. Mm, definitely agree. What, what do you believe stop leaders from taking a bold stance against what is right? I think it's fear. Uh, I, fear dictates, unfortunately, our whole life in so many realms. And we get caught up. Like I, I had a leader one time who literally refused to do the right thing because she was literally leading in a dynamic of scarcity and, and, and a lack of abundance and a lack of thinking like, if I lose my job, I I won't be able to do this, this or this. And the sad thing was, was that end up losing her job anyway. And it was mm-hmm. one of those things where you know, you realize in, the, in that given moment that you can either A, do what's right, or B, do what's not right. And at the end of the day, we're just a number to a lot of these organizations and a lot of these right. large companies. And you have to just step outside of that fear and just ask yourself. And that, that's where a lot of times I'll go through the why questioning myself, or I'll do what uh, the, the Rotarian four-way test is like, where it's like, is it fair to all concern? Is it the truth? You know, those questionings where you go through and you ask yourself, okay, I've got to do this, even though it's not the popular decision, it is the right decision. And the big thing is it's, it's truly, it's all about fear. What, what would, so what do you have any practices? Like what practices would you say someone who is allowing fear to stop them from taking a bold stance for what is right in their community at work? you know, whatever the case may be, um, some practices they could use to overcome that fear. Absolutely. Um, Mine all, it really revolves around habits. Uh, It's something that I started doing years ago now where, and everybody's got their thing. And I I don't say mine is, is right. I just know what works for me. And it starts out with very intentional habits in the morning. Um, I, you know, people say, oh, you're a morning person. I'm like, I'm not a morning person. I've just trained myself over the course of time to learn to get up at 515 every morning and get, get the ball rolling because like, I know that what my work day typically would look like. So for me, it's like 515 in the morning. And then I meditate for about 10 minutes and then I visualize and then I speak gratitude and then I would speak some affirmations and then I journal and then I go hit the gym for an hour and then Mm -hmm once I get back from the gym it's immediately go and do the showering and getting all the toiletry stuff out of the way. And then I just, the last bit of my shower, one to two minutes of ice cold water, just hitting the body just to kind of shock the system. Cause more so than just shocking the system that it's good for your immune system. It's great for just 
telling yourself, I'm about to do something I really don't want to do. Mm. And you just conquer that immediate initial fear of like the fear of cold water hitting your body, just, and you just learn to focus on your breathing and you just sit mm. there. And that's what I think about is focus on the breathing and say, here we go. Mm. And that's usually those types of practices for me, especially the meditation and breath work. Breath work is so transformational. Um, I'm a part of this uh, empowered brotherhood group. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, mm. It. I just did a retreat in Austin, Texas, uh, about uh, two weekends ago, three weekends ago. It's phenomenal. And I did some breath work there and it was just, it's so transformational. So I, I always tell people like, if you don't have time to do that, just a lot of it's just very transformational breath work in the morning to really think about meditate and get your clear intentions for the day. Mm. And even in a given moment, just one more point again around breath work is square breathing method. Um, a lot of times, you know, military do it or a tactical pause where you stop and you just breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds and hold it for four seconds. And just that little bit of that square element of things, just a breathing totally calms you down in a moment to where you can just focus on what's important and what's truly right in front of you and doing what's right with what's right in front of you. Mm. What how how long have you been doing those those practices uh it started about for me uh 2014 um mm -hmm. and i was always like a long time ago like when i was younger growing up I was very optimistic very into motivation inspiration before i even really knew what motivational speakers were and that kind of thing i just was that kind of kid especially like in scholastic sports and being captain of my baseball team just trying to inspire people but i lost my way for many years uh, mm -hmm. about six years, I lost my way because I was in this corporate job. And I just, I, you know, I fell victim to just that energy and that negative energy. And then about 2014, after having some really rough personal things happen as well. And with that job, it, uh, I ended up getting back into the, those types of practices just through my own self-research, a specific job that I ended up taking that really pushed me outside my comfort zone that it made me realize like, man, like the only way you can get through this job is through doing stuff that's inspiring and, and mm. taking better and healthier habits mm. into your life. And those, that's when I really started diving into like the meditation and the affirmations and that kind of stuff. And it's mm. just been transformational for me ever since. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. What would you say is the number one lesson you learned from, you know, um, going through what you were going through in corporate America when you were down? to now running your coaching coaching practice like what would you say is the the number one lesson that you've learned number one yeah number one lesson absolutely for me and what i have always told everybody is the biggest lessons you're going to learn in life are going to be from the people above you that you don't necessarily agree with and how they do it like if you can't learn from those people it will just eat you alive mm. and it'll just continue to, to press down upon you to where the point where you just feel like you just want to crumble. And, mm. and I have allowed that to start happening. But earlier in my years, like when I was younger, I had been in that practice and that mentality of just learning from the people that I'm like, man, I do not agree with that guy at all. Yeah. And then I would stop and think to myself, how would I do this differently when I'm actually in that position and it got me to that position. But once I got to that position, I kind of let some things go and I, I lost sight of the things that really made the most importance. And that I would say is probably the biggest thing because the people that I know that get stuck in life, mm. it's that they don't learn from those types mm. of things to make their life better. They actually 
just get stuck and don't allow themselves to to grow and progress. And because when we stop learning, because we think, man, I'm stuck. I don't like this person. I hate my job. Right, 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 right. When we stop learning, then we stop growing. And then when we stop growing, we stagnate. And stagnation, I think of just funk growing in like stagnated water, you know, it's just nasty. So <laughs> we don't want that for our life. So definitely, definitely. Um, Jeff, thank you for joining me today. If you don't mind, can you share with my listeners where they can connect with you? Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I just wanted to thank you too. And uh, I love your attire, by the way, the black uh, <laughs> jacket and the orange tie, spectacular stuff. Orange <laughs> is such an amazing color. It's my favorite color personally. So likewise. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so they can find me on my social channels. Um, LinkedIn is probably one of my favorite. Uh, I know that's how we connected. Um, so Jeff Murray on LinkedIn and then Instagram at the Jeff Murray. And then of course, uh, my website's Brash Leaders. And I'm currently right now in the process of working on getting a group coaching program uh, that's going to be more about sales leadership and the okay. sales process. So uh, that's going to be called Brash Leaders Breakthrough. And it's going to be uh, hopefully releasing out in the next uh, next few weeks. So mm, that's good to hear. We'll bring you back on the show to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the Brash Leaders podcast, of course, um, which is the new thing, which it's, you know, it's, it's a work in progress and I'm enjoying it, but it's, it's fun to be out there and just putting out good information, you know. Mm, definitely so and thank you for thank you for taking up uh the the mission of doing that putting out great information especially in the podcast space this is a great space to be in <laughs> uh, but yeah jeff thank you for joining me today and um to my thank listeners you. i hope you take something that you learned today and use it in your daily path until next time have a blessed day I want to be unique, got more than my kid I could teach I want you to hear when I speak, I want to free People imprisoned by stigmas and popular common beliefs Don't want you to think, I want you to feel Look down inside you and tell me what's real If you're unsure, then you're uncured We only get one life, man, it's a big deal Do you love what you do? Hey, I wanted to jump on here really fast and say thank you for listening to today's episode I hope you got something from the message that you can use in your life if you are a mission-driven individual who wants to share your message and change lives, then I'd love to show you how building a podcast can help you do that. Please visit joewintersjr.com to book a free discovery call with me so I can help you out. If you are an organization looking to bring me in to speak with your team or at your next event, you can book me by visiting my website, joewintersjr.com and scheduling a free discovery call so we can talk about your expectations and what you want from me. I'd really love to serve you. Have a blessed day.